Wednesday, the 28th of February. The preparative today is to take care of all your dental work. Now, uh, during a crisis, you may not be able to get access to a, a dentist, so take care of all your dental work now while you can. We have patient Wayne Green and my friend, Professor James McKinney. Professor McKinney taught astrophysics at Cornell University. He taught mathematics at Cornell University. The author of about 12, 13 books, more on the way as he gets the time. And um, an advanced amateur archaeologist, advanced to the point where foreign governments consult with him about matters of archaeology. Uh, good morning, Jim. Good morning, John. Wow, and, what, a, what a world we're moving into right now. And I, and I need to mention before we go any farther that, that Jim's website is linked at my links page at thelibertyman.com. Well, Jim, um, what's, uh, what's high on your radar that you want to talk about uh, first this morning, sir? Well, we had another private lunar landing that just what just failed. Was it finally? Um, they're calling it quits. Uh, they tried to communicate with this thing uh, for about a week, actually, and we don't have any photos of the lunar surface. So this is really bizarre, uh, uh, in a sense. In another sense, it's not as as what I totally expected that there would be some failure at the last minute, which there was multiple failures. And this is the thing that I've talked about with previous private space landings, that multiple things go wrong. And, you know, what's the probability that at the same time multiple things go wrong? The NASA has its big mitt in the middle of all of these. They're in, the, you know, in these companies. Well, this company was paid, it's called Innovative Machines, uh, NASA paid them $118 million to deliver some scientific packages to the lunar surface. And uh, they're a publicly traded company, so they have investors. Uh, and so, you know, they, there's a mix of funding in this company. But, of course, if they were able to succeed, it would be uh, something like, like the verge of SpaceX, where you have private companies doing stuff in space uh, but landing on the moon just seems to escape everybody and uh, the previous one that uh, I watched in real in real time was from a company from Israel they were part of an XPRIZE and um, they did not make the final date of the XPRIZE but the XPRIZE ended up paying a million dollars to them anyway for a failed lunar attempt uh, but there again NASA was the communications link and all of a sudden, they had the retro rocket fail, they had communication systems fail, they had other uh, onboard systems fail that were critical to the landing, uh, and it crashed into the moon, and we got no pictures of the moon. Uh, so here we are, and I call this the NASA lunar surface credibility problem. What happens when private spacecraft get to the moon, take a picture of the moon, and it ain't like what we were shown in the Apollo spacecraft uh, landings, the alleged Apollo landings in the late 60s, early 70s. This I call the NASA lunar surface credibility problem. They can't allow other companies to show what the lunar surface really looks like because they're still promoting this idea, and in the failure, they're going, see, NASA's the only one that can go to the moon. It's so difficult. Uh, and uh, these companies are, 
are not picking up on this. They're, you know, it's a joint venture with NASA, but they don't understand that, uh, you know, and maybe the spacecraft is actually working just fine. Uh, really? Yeah, and so we don't know. All we know is that uh, what the company is telling us. Uh, and so, but the bottom line is, here the, the alleged story is that this spacecraft came in uh, moving downwards and then a little bit sideways, and it caught one of the legs and fell over. One of the four legs, by the way, which is absurd. You would not build a four-legged spacecraft to land on an uneven surface like the moon, no matter how nice and smooth it was. Um, so anyway, that's a that's a, a ridiculous thing in the first place. But allegedly, it caught a, a leg and toppled over. And therefore, the only pictures we got were from like the last one was 30 meters above the surface of the moon with a fisheye camera and and uh and it's just you know it's like looking in your bathtub it would be about that quality you know really terrible quality right so it shows nothing of detail uh but laying on its side and they were able to communicate with it now do you think that they would have a camera on this spacecraft that would go in 360 degrees well of course it is First, so all they'd have to do is lay this over sideways, point it at the surface of the moon, take a picture, and send it back. So the excuse, the story, as always, doesn't add up. How many legs would you put on a lunar lighter, Jim? Well, I would, I would probably not put any. I would put a weighted system that the legs come out later or something. But uh, like a, you know, when you were a kid... Do you ever have one of those punching bag? Uh, yeah, they have they have a, a pound of sand at the bottom, so they always stand back upright after they. Yeah, you put it on yeah. the head, the thing bounces right. over and falls on the bottom. And that's right. what you would do. Right. So it would always, no matter what, would bounce straight up. You know, um, and, and and you would make it of some type of resistant material, so if it landed on a rock or something, it wouldn't be punctured. Right. So that's what you would do. You wouldn't put any legs on the damn thing. Right, right. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, here you've got teams of engineers working on these, and they make it like you're landing it in the middle of your living room. No, the lunar surface is is rough. It's you know, and there was a uh, lunar lander from India that did make it, and also ended up Kitty Wampus. Uh, but we do have pictures from that one, and it shows the lunar surface that is nothing at all like. The Apollo landing sites is rough, it's jagged, and for good reason, because somewhere throughout the lunar history there were volcanoes. And on Earth, when a volcano goes off, say Mount St. Helens, explosive cinder cone volcanoes, the reason they call it cinder cone is because the cinders are material magma which has uh, was full of gas when it came out, so it's like a sponge. So it's rock that's like really lightweight. It's it's um, it's like a sponge, so a sponge rock, solidified in little pieces, and it's very jagged. In fact, they use it to uh, for abrasive material. Right. Um, and, and so it's very sharp and jagged, and that's what would be covering the lunar surface 
every from everything from pea size up to boulder size. Uh, and if you've ever seen the, the spray field from a volcano, especially a cinder cone, the explosive types, not the Pacific uh, Y Island type right. that are, are flow volcanoes. Right. We're talking, even there it's rough, but we're talking the cinder cone where it just blows this stuff a mile high. So on the lunar surface with a very reduced gravitational field, this stuff would blow all over the surface of the moon. It would right. go up and it would right. come back down. It would uh, be everywhere. And, and then you'd have a thin layer of dust on top of that. And that's what would have been there since these volcanoes went off, which was probably the last time was probably around 3,500 years ago, maybe about 4,000 years ago, so roughly uh, 1500 BC, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and, and so it would be, but nothing would have changed. And I think I mentioned this before, that NASA's news story, why you can't see the lunar landing sites from the Apollo missions, is because, oh, they're covered with dust now. So much dust has accumulated, <laughs> like in Granny's, uh, you know, living room that she hadn't dusted for the last 25 years. <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, um, yeah, so you got me on my soapbox here this morning. But they finally pulled the plug and they're saying they can communicate with this spacecraft until Tuesday. Well, like I say, guaranteed the camera on this thing is capable of going in 360 degrees. Uh, because when it sits down, do you think they're going to have a camera that only points out in one direction? No, of course not. It's going to be a camera that spins in 360 degrees and can focus and can narrow its, its focus off into the distance it's be it's a camera unlike any camera you and I could have, but even your cell phone camera on a good cell phone camera today, where you're talking, you know, uh, twenty to fifty megapixels, um, just in a phone camera, you know, of course they're going to have a much better camera, and with all variations for low light level, for infrared, for everything else. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be seeing photographs. Well, well, Jim, the last Apollo mission was, what, in the early 70s? I, I, yeah, it's about, what, 73, 74, I forget. Yeah, which was less than 20 years af, uh, af between that and the Hubble Space Telescope being launched. Uh, so uh, that's not a long time for dust to accumulate that they could have taken, had multiple opportunities, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to photograph those landing sites with a Hubble Space Telescope only 20 years later. And they didn't do it, did they? Well, they did. I guarantee you they did. Probably the first thing they did was to focus it and to test it out. You know, if somebody gave you a telescope, John, what would you do? You would take some known object and, and you would look at it uh, with that telescope, and that would be the lunar right. landing sites. I mean, it's right. what right. you would do because there's writing, there's, you know, the tracks, you'd have the, the lunar rover thing. The little buggy that they supposedly drove around the right, lunar right, surface, well, which is a joke in itself. Um, they're b bouncing around on the lunar surface. Come on, boys and girls. <laughs> well, of course. Anyway, if, if those photographs existed, they would have been on the front page of uh, the New York Times, but they don't. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this mission is not the first to fail, but it like predictably 
um, failed uh, and in a way that doesn't make any sense at all. So my guess is that this thing is probably functional. Even the owners of the vehicle probably are not aware. And uh, which brings us back to the thing I've been talking about for many weeks now. I call it the NASA lunar surface credibility problem in which they showed us this footage, which obviously was taken in a warehouse, whether you believe they went to the moon or not, the footage that you see was shot in a warehouse um, with artificial lighting and right. all of the right. other things that happened. But uh, The equivalent of a Hollywood soundstage. Yeah, yeah, and, and we know who did it, Stanley Kubrick. He let us know in many different ways. His movie Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise is an expose on that. It was one of his last movies. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, anyway, uh, the, the other issue here is they landed near the South Pole, so they have very little time for the spacecraft to take data and why NASA is concentrating on the South Pole is kind of ridiculous. Their reasoning is that they think there's water there. Well, believe me, if there's some water there, there's not enough to put in an eyedropper. Or to, or, or if you had to go out and get it and somehow make it into fuel, uh, it's absurd. It's, it's like a, um, you know, it's like an effort that, doesn't make any sense. It would be far more work than it would be worth. It wouldn't be like landing on a lake where you've got this nice, huge body of water uh, available to you. And at the South Pole, there's, I mean, I could go on and on. There's a hundred reasons why trying to find water at the South Pole of the Moon is an effort in futility. And also, it's just, there are very short periods of light where you ha can actually do stuff, you know, part because when it's dark on the moon, it's dark. Oh, it's yes. like you, it's <laughs> like you went into the closet in the middle room in your house and shut the door at nighttime right. with no right. full moon, right. With, right. with no lights at all. That's how it's dark as dark can be. Yes, uh, that's you know I've been in a cave with no light, and it's there's no there's no more, no more darkness than that. That's, that's certainly right. the case. Right, your eyes are searching for something, um, and it's just just not there. It's, it's not there. It's not there. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim, do you have an archaeological update for us this week, sir? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually a couple, and I've been thinking about this week. I, I saw a thing on the Great Wall of China. And it's one of the seven wonders of the world, I believe. One of the, I think, one of the first ones. This long wall that was built, and the concept was that every now and then they would have a sentinel guard station, where uh, and it would be manned. And the whole idea was that if the enemy army, the Mongolians, were the reason they built this was the Mongolians were constantly coming across the border and. Raping, raping and pillaging, and, and so they, you know, finally decided to put the Great Wall there. And the idea was that they could quickly move troops to where the, the invaders were coming across and stop them and repel them. Uh, but eventually it failed. And uh, you know this, John, uh, being in the military, for every offensive 
weapon that you can devise or any defensive weapon you can devise, there is a countermeasure. There's some intelligent Always. way to get around it. Always. Always. Yeah, yep. it's the, the game of spy versus spy, or, you know, uh, and the, the same is true in any warfare scenario. And so there's the Great Wall of China is no different. And if you look at castle building in the Middle Ages, they would build it with a moat. Well, it finally got to the point where they had cannons that could go a quarter mile, you know, and blow a hole in a wall. Right. And and so the original castles were square. Well, what would they do? They take a cannon, they lob a, a bowling ball or uh, up there, and and it would come down and if they got it just right, it would clear down that whole wall of the of the castle, of the men there defending. Right. Right. And and so they started making them jagged. You know, all different angles, so that you could, if you hit one, it would only take out a small section. Um, so at any rate, um, the Great Wall of China is similar, and uh, but eventually the Mongols figured out a way to get across it. And I'm sure what they did is they just poured a lot of resources into one area, got over the wall, breached it, were able to use the wall, in fact, to sustain the the Chinese troops away while they crossed and, you know, invaded China. Um, and another thing like that is the Trojan horse, where the, the famous story of Troy, where the, the invading neighboring island, um, I forget the, uh, the, was it the Spartans? Whatever, um, built the, this uh, idol and the people said, oh, look, at the, God has given us this idol. So they bring it into their town. And during the night, the, of course, the, the opposing army comes out, is able to breach the doors, get the doors open, and the opposing army comes in and conquers the city of Troy. That's right. That's right. Uh, we have a break. We'll be right back. One of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family 
will love. Now we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high quality pasteurized meats. And even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now I'm not talking about the bottom of the barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free range or even cage free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasteurized meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass fed and grass finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture raised where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you've definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. gentlemen my website is thelibertyman.com i got my it guy going through my more than 200 articles and videos uh, on the covid matter covid 19 vaccination clot shot matter well we'll be getting rid of the broken links uh some have been up there more than two years and and some just simply don't work anymore but one of the more recent ones is a half hour video dr Teresa long md uh, lieutenant colonel Teresa long half hour video where she explains how uh, medical records were falsified to cover up the true nature of these of these acts of these injuries. Also, on my website, uh, you'll find the Energy Cleaner. This hour is sponsored by the Energy Cleaner. If you're tired of being tired, check out the Energy Cleaner. You have arthritis pain, joint pain, check out the Energy Cleaner. Keep in mind, I offer a 90-day money-back guarantee on the Energy Cleaner. Energy Cleaner, the mattress pads that go with it, are available at thelibertyman.com. Visiting with uh, Professor James McKinney, his website's linked to my links page at thelibertyman.com. Jim, before we get back to uh, your summary of, of archaeology for this week, uh, tell people how they can listen to your radio show live in the archives, please. Uh, yes, John. Tomorrow night, Thursday evening, 6 p.m. Central Time from WWCR in Nashville, Tennessee, the James McKinney Science Hour at the Crossroad. It's airing in its 24th commercial for a year. And it also uh, streams from the internet, wwcr.com. Many other places, uh, all the different ways to listen are on my webpage. And also I want to let people know that the frequency is changing. My show airs at 6 p.m. right at that cusp of 
where we're changing into summertime frequencies. So the wintertime and the summertime frequencies are different. So my last show with the 5.935 megahertz frequency will be March 7th. And the March 14th show will be the summertime frequency of 9.350. And that's on my webpage. So go there and... Outstanding. Um, uh, they're saying they're having a hard time hearing me. Uh, apparently so. I hear you fine on my end, but uh, apparently some of the listeners are having trouble. I don't know what the deal oh. is. Um, okay. Well, well, Jim, before the break, you were uh, going to some uh, explanation about the, the Trojan hearts. Is, is there any more on that topic? So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, that's exactly what's happening today. Uh, the Trojan horse is the illegal immigration that's going on, letting uh, you know military-aged men from all over the world come in. And they, what they caught a group of 600 Chinese people coming in, young men into the country across the southern border. You know, it's it's probably. Uh, you know, and people have this idea that the Mexicans are crossing the border. No, they, the Mexicans have been here for decades. Right, right. You know, they were here a long time ago. So literally nobody coming across now is from, literally from Mexico. They're from other, maybe Latin American countries, but from every place else. Right. And they're getting assistance getting here. And one of the border guards said, where are these people coming from? How do they get here? You know, and you see them, they're nicely dressed. Their shoes are not worn out. Uh, you cannot, uh, it's very difficult to drive across the Sonora Desert if, to, to get from, say, the nearest major airport would be Mexico City. Right. It, it's, it's like a 24-hour drive across the Sonora Desert. It's not like somebody's going to just uh, pick up a little backpack in a in a box of Cheetos and walk to the border. You'd have to be taken there and dropped off. And if you did make a trip like that, if you were still alive, you would be pretty tattered. You wouldn't like to look like these people. So they're being brought up there and by commercial transportation of some kind. That's right. They are. It's it's expensive. Uh, traveling uh, for people from third world countries simply don't have the finances to make this international travel do that not by themselves. Right. Uh, no. It's and and the people that arrive are not saying how they got there. Somebody's telling them, "Don't talk about how you're getting here. Who's funding you, or or what the method of." you know, uh, getting across, you know, the barriers of how do you get to Mexico, then how do you get from the airports in Mexico up to the border? Um, and so... Well, yeah, there's groups it's, like the, the Red Cross is providing funding uh, to uh, help these uh, criminals. You know, I was, I've been, the last couple of years, I've been donating blood to the Red Cross, but I'm not going to donate any more blood to the Red Cross and, and give them money to help them uh, help criminals enter our country illegally. I'll find some other way to donate blood, Jim. Well, the, the black people in the United States are starting to wake up and they're going, hey, you can give uh, prepaid uh, like credit cards to, these, uh, to the immigrants, but you can't give anything to the people that are living here. You know, and not just a little bit, but a lot. Right. So they're, they're starting to wake up and complain, but it's it's really, in a sense, for the wrong reason. Like, you can give stuff to them, but not us. 
Right. But the real issue is what else is going on? Because, uh, you know, there's no way all these people are cleaning toilets and changing bed sheets in hotels. No, not at so, all. We have a Bob and Arrow break. We'll break back. are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Dear Liberty Man, my aches and pains are making it hard for me to sleep at night. What's a girl to do? Sign Sleepless in St. Louis. Dear Sleepless, I recommend the Energy Cleaner. The Energy Cleaner transmits a healing electrostatic signal to every cell in your body, flushing out toxins, relieving pain, aiding with sleep. The Energy Cleaner is sold exclusively at my website, thelibertyman.com. And Sleepless, there is a bonus. Signed, The Liberty Man. Thanks to the Energy Cleaner, and the Liberty Man, I'm sleepless no more. There he is now. Hold on, Sandman. Thank you, Liberty Man. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee... You have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. As I said to those who've joined the government, 
I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. My website is thelibertyman.com. More than nine gigabytes of information there, articles and videos. Uh, I, I point out what's going on uh, with the COVID panel a lot. This is the worst crime in human history, quite frankly. It really is. And uh, the details are there, including articles Hello. and videos. We hear you, Jim. Stand by. Um, uh, articles and videos by Dr. Michael Yaden, former vice president at Pfizer, former director of medical research at Pfizer. He's saying that the COVID vaccinations are meant to kill and hurt people. They're not side effects. They're the direct intended effects. All right. We're visiting with Professor James McCanny. His website's linked at my links page at the Liberty, at the LibertyMan.com. And, Jim, uh, you've reconnected, and it sounds like we have uh, better audio. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I went to some old equipment here, so we'll see how that works. Well, it seems like it's working fine. Um, what direction would you like to go next, sir? Um, well, it's, the issue is that uh, uh, the United States is um, ripe for the picking right now. And, uh, you know, this uh, the election coming up, there is just, I doubt if it's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of things that happen between today and probably June um, relative to the financial community, uh, uh, Internet controlling or um, having issues with Internet is going to be a big part of it because they can't have people communicating. Um, a lot, a lot is going to go on here. Uh, I know uh, people who have been basically arrested uh, who were uh, close to Trump. And the, the number now is around 250. And this is the Roger Stone type of arrest where they show up with 25 armed people with long rifles at somebody's door at 2 o'clock in the morning right. and bust in and... Um, you know, a lot of times without a search warrant and drag them away, Gestapo-type tactics. Because the, make no mistake, the people in charge behind the scenes, behind the fake Biden, uh, are Nazis. These are the, you know, the remnant of World War II Nazis who um, are uh, infiltrating and have infiltrated the government. And so when other people, other leaders of other nations talk about the Nazis, that's who they're talking about. Amazing. Well, uh, the Roger Stone example is a good example of the FBI being out of control. Um, Roger Stone uh, was uh, wrongly charged with a nonviolent white-collar crime. He had no uh, history of committing violence at all on one hand. And on the other John Gotti, who was personally responsible for murder and multiple other crimes, he was a mafia crime boss. When they arrested John Gotti, they showed up at a restaurant in New York City. Mr. Gotti's there with uh, several of his mafia buddies. Uh, the FBI came in wearing coats and ties, not dressed up like uh, teenage ninja warriors. Mr. Gotti, uh, you're under arrest. You need to come with us, sir. Um, very, very pleasant, very civil. Uh, no... Uh, waking somebody up in the middle of the night with uh, 25 commandos looking like they're going on, on combat duty in Iraq. 
Um, with helicopters above. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's no excuse for that. It's completely uncalled for. And, of course, the uh, news media was informed before the raid so they could be there. at. Uh, it was about uh, 5 a.m., something like that, when they actually did the raid. Uh, no excuse for this. It's completely uncalled for, Jim. Yeah. So, anyway, this is uh, there's going to be more of the same. But, uh, no, what's coming in the next number of months, I just heard, heard a expose by Tucker Carlson. It was pretty good. Um, but he was talking about, uh, uh, you know, the truth police and the, the censoring of information, the censoring of, of uh, the, the Internet and everything that's going on today. There's a real battle <clears throat> that's been going on for a long time. But he made the point that the people who are in charge are very paranoid. They're very much afraid. Well, they should be. They should be because we outnumber them 10 to 1, don't we? Well, well about uh, 2,000 or 10,000 to 1. Well, It's a very, so. very small group of people exactly. who are actually behind the scenes running things. Right, right, right. Well, they should be paranoid because the, the alternative media routinely... People like Alex Jones and Joe Rogan have more numbers of watching their shows than the the old mainstream news media, CBS, ABC, and so forth. Right, right. But uh, even those get a level of control. Uh, if you remember when Joe Rogan had some difficulties, we'll call them, uh, they were going to take him off the air. Um, they went in, and this was what happens. They Say, well, you have these people like Neil deGrasse Tyson or a whole laundry list of other people who are kind of pounding the party line. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and they have those people on, hey, everything's rosy. All of a sudden, you're making a lot of money again. The sponsors are there. Uh, but you cross that line of independence and uh, 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 the, you, you get shut down really quickly. That's um, right. There, there's a guy, his name is Tim Poole. Tim Poole, yeah. He Tim had some people. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and so anyway, he got shut down recently. Really? They just, uh, all of his sponsors called up one day and said, you're uh, whatever it was. I don't even know. I don't follow it that closely. But I'm just saying that he got um, uh, demonetized is the term where they just come in, whether it's canceling the sponsors whether it's canceling your your podcast from airing or whatever it is, and of course it's on a daily basis where people are sending in money or funding or or the sponsors paying money and it's big money. We're talking lots and lots of money uh, yes. for these people. And I've been in this business <laughs> probably longer, probably before a lot of these people were born. Uh, and you know, and I can tell you that it's not a money making venture. So uh, the, the big money comes from uh, uh, support, from running it as a business, and I never have done that, and that's why I'm still here. That's why a lot of people have come and gone. I'm still here, uh, you know, after all these years, but it's, it's basically a very low-budget operation. It's not... Uh, <laughs> I got a few people criticizing me lately for selling water filters, I was like, well, I'm sorry that this is this pays the bills, you know, and that's been well, paying the, the bills. The same for my people radio wouldn't criticize. 
the same people wouldn't criticize an automobile mechanic, a carpenter, an electrician for making money in what they do. Uh, yeah. Is there a double standard there, Jim? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, always selling books. Oh, he just wants to sell you his books. Well, I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. I'm selling my books. I own my books. I don't sell them off to some controlling, uh, you know, double day or, uh, you know, some book company. Random house, yeah. Right. Random house, whatever. No, I, I own my material. And people can't stand that. You're not supposed to do that as a scientist. You're supposed to work on government grants. Uh, right, when I right. uh, was more active in American Geophysical Union, you'd go to these meetings, 20,000 scientists from around the world there, and all with their badge on affiliation, NASA, Goddard Space Flight Center, you right. know, Tokyo right. University, whatever right. it was. Right. Um, and I'd have independent scientists. And the first thing when you meet somebody there, the first thing they do is look at your badge. They don't look at your face. Right. They may right. for a second, but they look at your badge, name. Well, they need to put, well, they need to put you in a box. They need to put you in a box before the conversation right. starts. Right. Right. You know, and, and what's your position? You know, lead on the, whatever it is. You know, whatever your um, main, uh, you know, employment specifies. And I just have independent scientists, and they'd look at it and they'd go, "What does independent scientist mean?" When I was back at Cornell, there were a lot of independent scientists, but they all have gone the way of the dinosaur. Right. I'm the only one that I know of that's still left that actually is independent, makes my money someplace else, and publishes what I want, researches on what I want, uh, go to do the things I want to do. And, you know, as a result, I'm on the leading edge of everything I touch because I'm not bottled into some ridiculous you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, theoretical structure that you have to follow. But uh, uh, anyway, the the, um, the the whole issue of science and science education has really been the one of the leading things that has dumbed down the American population. If you can, you know, take science, which is logical, it requires in. Uh, thought and understanding, if you can take that and put it into a series of memorize these things. In fact, Carl Sagan even said that. He said, don't try and think about it. We're smart. You're dumb. Um, you know, just believe us because, you know, we're the experts. Carl Sagan, that's what he said, you know. Well, that's what Anthony Fauci did back in 2020, didn't they, sir? Right. We're the scientists. We have all the knowledge, you know, National Institute of Health. Um Right. Follow the science. Science is the most overworked now uh, word in the English language that somehow follow the science or global warming. It's all trash science. It's tier two garbage science that's pawned off on the public. But, you know, one of the more effective places they use it is on politicians who pass laws and, and policy. Well, Jim, I began talk radio 29 years ago, 1995. So I've been at this a long time, also, and uh, it's uh, it's been a challenge, but it's been fun, and I, I certainly certainly enjoy it. And it's become my full time job now since I I, I have no I have no longer any interest in investigating murder cases. I've had enough of that to last a lifetime. Uh, so I much much rather do radio, sir. Right, right. But like, I think you'll agree with me. This is not a a million dollar a year business. 
Uh, no, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not about ready to order my 100-foot yacht. That's not going to happen for the foreseeable future. <laughs> you custom uh, sailboat to sail off into the sunset. Right, no, right, me, right. me too. I'm, I'm with you there. But, but what's interesting is to see these people like, um, like Rogan or Tim Pool or people like that who just, uh, in a sense, come out of nowhere and go up into the mega bucks um, and uh, promotion. But see, they let them do that because they know these people if, if you're into that game if you're into the game of making a lot of money at at this business then you are controllable because once you get up there you got your debts you got your right. all well, of the it's, things it's hard to yeah. right and and so that's when they come in and pull the plug on you and they take you aside and then all of a sudden you know the it's very subtle most people wouldn't notice i i can see it mile away but uh so like Joe Rogan has Neil deGrasse Tyson on regularly. Well, who's that? He's a tier three outreach guy that runs the planetarium in New York. New York. His job is to promote garbage science, and he doesn't right. know it. He's an honest guy. He thinks he's smart. He's a smart guy, Ph.D. in astrophysics, but he's a tier two scientist. He has no clue that everything he's talking about is just pure garbage. Well, that's, that's the best way to have somebody like that is, is to have them believe they're doing the, the right thing for the right reasons, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that filters down into the schools uh, that fills up the Internet airwaves. Um, and, uh, and now the, the trend is for young women to have space science commentary. And I, I won't mention names. I won't give anybody free press. Uh, but, I mean, talk about airheads, uh, people with a degree in journalism and science studies. John, science studies. Whatever that what is. does that mean? Uh, it is, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, there's no, no substance there, is there? Yeah, it's, it's uh, like I was saying, cotton candy education. <laughs> it's like a bunch of sugar blown up into a big wad and you eat it, and it's the same as if you took the tablespoon of sugar and ate it that way, but it's, you know, put a little coloring on it, and so it's cotton candy education. I like and that that's what, oh. Yeah, and that's what you get from these powder puff. Um, uh, and they're, they're mainly women. I don't see any young men in this role. They're all young women. <clears throat> and... and um, uh, with a smile on their face, telling you about on this day in science or in or something, their interpretation of whatever happened, you know, in the science world or space science, but completely unable to ask an intelligent question. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay, um, where do you want to go next, sir? Uh, well, I I think. Uh, that people, you, you talk about uh, your prepper tip of the day. Uh, my, I guess my prepper tip of the day is if you're not prepared, that's, it, the time is getting pretty short here, buddy. You know, so um, make sure you are able to um, take care of you and your family because uh, one thing, John, I think you probably are aware of this, but I talk to a lot of talk show hosts. And uh, people with podcasts, people who have been around for a long time. And pretty much the American economy is at a grinded, has grinded to an absolute halt. 
Um, you'll see, I just saw, I look at CNN before I come on the, the show a lot of times to see what garbage news they're promoting. But they're talking about the uh, the chain store department stores. So, like, you go to the mall. I don't even know which ones are out there anymore. But the chain stores that you find typically, if you go in a department into a mall in Texas, it'll be the same as New York, as the same right. as right. you know some other city. Right. Um, but they are now trying to sell online because. Uh, first of all, Amazon has just got the bulk of all all sales, uh, and it used to be that these would take away from the local shops in the town, uh, where you know you had mom and pop stores selling shoes. The next store would be dresses. The next store would be uh, drugstore. The next store would be you know uh, hardware, whatever. But mom and pop stores, and all those went away because now you can get most of this stuff. Um, at a single place, a single mall. Well, now the malls are going under because nobody's going there. Nobody's got cash. You know, people are buying gasoline and food and paying the rent. And, and in some cases, using credit to do that. You know, they're, they're out of cash. And so the velocity of, of money, which uh, is the real, um, that's the real sensor. That's whether, you know, buying cars or whatever, uh, those are indicators, but the real key here is the velocity of money has come to an absolute zero, uh, halted to zero. Hold that thought, Jim. We have our last break. We'll be right back. Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation, but today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read one. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered from a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious, he almost died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives that were more affordable, he tried Extendivite. Since taking it, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product, and I am grateful that it is available. To order, call one 877 928-8822 or visit extendivite.com that's x-t-e-n-d-o-v-i-t-e dot com 
Health Simple with Kalwara Shilaji, fact bit number three. Shilaji is the supreme yoga vaha. Within Ayurveda, Shilaji is the singular substance that towers above all other herbs, herbal minerals, and earth-made adaptogens. Yoga vaha refers to substances that have the ability to synergistically make better and carry other substances to its prescribed destination. In the case of Shilaji, most any herb, food, or mineral is amplified with ionic potential, superimposing superior efficacy with increased cellular energy and absorption rates. One of the best applications for Shilaji is to add a drop or two into your favorite herbal tincture and foodstuff. Simply put, Shilaji makes other substances more effective. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Well, I wish I was in the land of cotton old town there I'm not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. In Dixie's land where I was born in Ladies and gentlemen, Jim, you got about uh, two and a half, three minutes here to summarize your thoughts for the day and for the week, sir. Uh, John, this just came in while I was on break. I was doing some surfing here. Um, the uh, Japanese lander that uh, landed on the moon recently, it's called SLIM. I'm not sure what that stands for. Uh, Smart Lander Investigating Moon. Uh, but anyway, it shows a picture of the lunar surface. Uh, and it was what I was describing before. Uh, you could not drive a lunar buggy across this area. It's just jagged rocks, and and it's not this thin layer of dust that covers everything like your living room carpet. Uh, so this is just another proof of what I had been talking about earlier, what I call the NASA lunar surface credibility problem. Uh, so anyway, here's a, a third data point. And there was a spacecraft, an Indian spacecraft, that landed a number of weeks ago that showed the same thing. And these are real pictures of the lunar surface. Um, and, and very uneven, and, uh, but anyway, covered with, with jagged rocks and not something you could dr- drive around, you know, uh, with a lunar buggy. Anyway, uh, I'm going to keep harping on that because uh, clearly... And, and I, I would say, too, I would put the category of the innovative machines lander that just failed and which they're still communicating with uh, is being blocked from actually sending us real pictures of the lunar surface. Uh, it's very clear because they have uh, communication with the spacecraft, guaranteed it has a 360-degree capability with the camera. So if it's on its side, that shouldn't matter. Uh, you can turn your head sideways <laughs> And see the picture, you know, uh, anyway, uh, very clear evidence that NASA is blocking real data from coming to the American public. Because most people are not aware of the Japanese nor the India landing. It's not something that's high on people's radar in the United States. 
Um, no, and no, no. most people, if they saw these pictures, wouldn't, oh, that's the lunar surface. Oh, okay. Uh, it would take somebody that really has been following this to interpret it as to what it really means. All right. Well, thank you, Jim. Um, we appreciate it. As always, we'll look forward to having you back next Wednesday, sir. Okay. Well, take care, everybody, and uh, uh, batten down the hatches, and I guess fasten your seatbelt. You know, we're in for a roller coaster ride here. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, top of the hour break coming up here momentarily. We'll be back with my friend Jeff Nyquist. And um, we'll uh, get updates from Jeff on all the things he's paying attention to. Uh, Jeff is uh, one of the foremost experts, in my opinion, on the international communist conspiracy and all the nuances attached to that. And um, he has confidential sources. Uh, he has written six books available for sale at Amazon.com. We have our break. We'll be right back. Sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 